What is going on, everyone? Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Birdie, and today we're going to be recapping NFL's Week 10 slate of games before previewing the Thursday night football matchup between the Packers and the Titans. Let's get right on into it. All right, so starting off with the Seahawks at Buccaneers, uh, Bucks coming out on top 21 to 16. Uh, I thought the Seahawks were going to cover and win, but yeah. Outside of a few errors, though, for the Bucks offense, this was a really great day. They finally got their run game going. They had 161 total yards on the ground. 105 came from rookie Rashad White, who looks to have taken the starting job over from Leonard Fournette. And they were really getting everyone going in that this past game. But they definitely did try to throw it away a couple times, literally with Leonard Fournette on that one throw. I, I think that was like the stupidest play I've ever seen. Um... Just, I, I, I don't understand the thought process on why you think Tom Brady would be able to beat Tariq Woolen in a jump ball situation. And Brady obviously didn't even jump. I get that it was wide open when they did the little wildcat thing that played before. But, like, obviously, the Seahawks saw it was wide open. It was like, hey, let's just put someone over there. Literally anyone could stop him. And, yeah, e- easy. And then Brady drew that, uh, threw that pick a few plays later. Uh, Two drives later, I want to say, to straight to Cody Barton up the post that they got to iron out those mistakes. But if they can stick to this, like, if their ground game can work this effectively and then Brady can distribute the ball to all his receivers, everyone's making plays, then, yeah, this Bucks offense is going to be back. And luckily, the Bucks defense was amazing to compensate for some of the mistakes the offense made. They shut the Seahawks out in the first half. Carlton Davis didn't allow a catch to lock it in that half. Um, I thought this was one of the best games of Joe Tryon Sharenka's career, young second-year first-round pick. Uh, but it wasn't all good for the Bucks. White he made a couple plays, but I thought he struggled once again, and especially in coverage. And then Sean Murphy Bunting just there was a couple times where he just got absolutely shook like yeah and for the seahawks i'm really not too concerned about them after this like it definitely was a bad game by them don't get it wrong but it was a 6 30 a.m start for them if you look at seattle time um they also traveled halfway across the world they just kind of seemed really slow to start and they looked a lot better in the second half i thought they looked like the better team in the second half but you know they just were down couldn't overcome that and I think we've seen enough of Gino to know that he is a good quarterback and he's not just suddenly going to regress to this backup where she kind of looked like in the first half. Like, yeah, I, th- I think the Seahawks are going to be just fine after this. It's like, okay, like every team loses some games, literally every team now. Then we have the Texans at the Giants. Giants winning 24-16. As I predicted, I have the Giants covering and winning. Um, this is just another solid day by these Giants. Their offense was just what it needed to be. Ball control and good enough to put points on the board and beat Houston. They hardly leaned on Jones at all, only 17 attempts, but he was accurate, safe for the ball, everything they wanted from him. Still ended up with two touchdowns. They really leaned on Saquon this game, 35 carries, 152 yards, and touchdown. Um, honestly, for that many touches, I thought Houston did a pretty good job. Like They could have surrendered a lot more, uh, especially with how bad their defense has looked so far, their run defense in specific that's looked so far this year. They were really able to contain him to just like a couple big plays which gave their offense a chance to do something at least like 24 isn't an insurmountable score but 
it is for this Houston offense. Um, they couldn't step up once again. The Giants, they did really well against Pierce, allowing a couple big runs, but holding him to under 100 yards. And they were constantly getting pressure on Mills, forcing bad passes and that terrible pick into double coverage. Um, yeah, shout out Dexter Lawrence. He's been having an all-pro caliber se- season there at nose tackle, looking like one of the best in the league. But Houston was able to do a couple nice things on offense. I thought Collins, he looked really good in his return this week. And he's looking more and more like a piece that they can actually build upon and use seriously in the future. Um, plus, at least Cooks is playing for them again. Like, that's better than not playing. <laughs> but what's best for this team right now is this result. They need to keep losing. They need the number one overall pick. And to get Bryce Young in there or whoever ends up being that QB1 is definitely all signs leaning towards Young. Um, and then they're going to have another high draft pick. I think they still need to go receiver, another offensive weapon, help build around whatever young quarterback you're going to take. Then we have the Browns at the Dolphins, uh, 39-17 Dolphins. Correctly got that one. I picked the Dolphins to cover and win. And this was just utter dominance by the Dolphins. Starting out on offense, um, you couldn't ask for a better day from Tua. He did great distributing the ball to all his weapons. Um, Hill had the most targets in this game with six, but five other players had more than four targets. Like, that's incredible distribution. And Tua's just going to hit you where you let him. He's going to take advantage of every mistake you're making on defense right now. And he's playing some of the best ball in the entire league. Like, it's what he's doing right now. I don't think he's MVP level because, like, I you got people out here like Patrick Mahomes. Um, Josh Allen had a bit of a down day, but who I, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is definitely the MVP right now. He's the one driving the offense. But you can't ask for Tua to do much more than what he is right now. Like, he's creating or he's playing within the structure of the offense and executing it to perfection. Uh, McDaniels is just showing off his genius once again with this game. Like Ward and this Brown secondary really had a decent day slowing down Waddle and Hill, all things considered. But with Tua distributing like this, it's so hard to stop this offense. And because you have to respect the passing game at all times, the Dolphins also can now dominate on the ground. Jeff Wilson looks like an amazing pickup. They had 189 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Um, most of the yardage though was coming from the Dolphins just having great blocking and defense is playing so far off, having to respect Hill, Waddle, Sherfield, Gesicki, um, Cedric Wilson getting a bit involved too. Like it's just I don't even know how you stop this um offense right now. And then defensively, man, they were great too. Bethel stepped up playing a lot of outside corner, um, with Byron Jones still out this season. Howard had a great day for the most part against Cooper, and this front seven went crazy. Wilkins, Ingram, Chubb, Phillips, they're all phenomenal pass rushers right now, causing pressure all day. And then them combined with Baker and Roberts, the two linebackers, they allowed next to nothing on the ground game outside of a big Chubb run, and that's really hard to do against this amazing offensive line and these two great running backs for the Browns. And yeah, the Browns just ran into a chainsaw. Their offensive line had their worst performance of the year. And when you need to lean on Brissett to win you games, um, this this is just going to be the result. Definitely shocked Cooper wasn't more involved in the game plan. Um, four Browns had more target than Amari Cooper did. That's I, I feel like that shouldn't happen. Amari Cooper is a true number one wide receiver. It just also feels like for this these Browns that time's just kind of running out on them to be competitive when Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, like obviously the hope was to be somewhere around 500 and I definitely should have wrote, written their record down. Um, and yeah, sitting at 
three and six now. Um, one more game before Sean Watson comes back. I, I think they're just going to be too far off unless they just completely run the table and sneak in as a seven seed. They made the Jags at the Chiefs. Uh, 27-17 win for the Chiefs. Uh, got that right. And yeah, you just have to play perfect to beat the Chiefs, even when they aren't perfect. Uh, the Jags won the turnover battle 3 to nothing. They got an onside kick on the very first play of the game and still couldn't cover a 9.5 point spread. This was just one of the best coached games of the year by Andy Reid. The amount of plays that Mahomes just had to kind of stand back there and fire to a wide open man was astounding. The blocking, both in pass protection and run blocking, was incredible. Everyone was getting involved for the Chiefs receiving. Mahomes, outside the pick, was just unstoppable. Like, yeah, he had a lot of wide open receivers, but he wasn't just like... He is able to create on his own, too, using his legs, using his escapability, hitting targets downfield, using some, like... Um, pointing his receivers like hey go this way hit them when there's no way to stop the chiefs offense when they're clicking like this and then defensively man they're they're looking pretty great too uh, especially considering the turnovers like yeah obviously you want the chiefs to get a couple more turnovers but they really didn't give up a lot for their offense turning the ball over three times McDuffie played great in the second game back from injury. He looks like a star. Bolton, Gay, Chanel, they were all over the place as linebackers, um, both blitzing and run defense and in coverage. And Jones and Karloftis, they had great days rushing the passer. If this defense can be this good combined with their offense, like there's literally no way to stop this team. Like they, if they play like this every week, they're the number one team in the NFL. And like they should just get the Lombardi at this point. Uh, for the Jags, they're just a young team that's seriously outmatched. Andy Reid made Lloyd and Luakum, the two linebackers, look absolutely ridiculous at times, constantly putting them in a bind, making them wrong no matter what decision they made. This pass rush is kind of like really disappointing after the start that they had, looking really good early in the year, uh, cooled off much as of late. Allen and Walker, they were able to get like back in the backfield a few times, but far too often Mahomes just had way too much time standing back there finding an open target. Then we have the Broncos at the Titans, 17-10. Titans, um, I got this one wrong. I thought the Broncos would come out on top, but the Titans just keep getting away with this, and I don't know how. Derrick Henry was held to 53 yards, 2.8 yards per attempt, and they didn't really do anything in the passing game outside of a flea flicker and then a big play to their backup tight end, and yet they still come out on top. Uh, credit to their defense they got pressure on 24 49 uh dropbacks for russell wilson only allowing 65 yards on the ground like i want i want to say this isn't a sustainable way to win but like they're freaking six and three they're one of the best teams in the league once again despite you watching them and being like oh the titans again like somehow they're good and while the titans played amazingly on defense a lot of this performance, I feel like you have to put on the Broncos. They were just terrible. They were out there starting center and left tackle, and then their backup center and their right tackle both went down. Russ was terrible while under pressure, and when he was able to get away from it, he would just huck it up into triple coverage. I don't know how he only ended up with one pick. Like It felt like he was trying to give the ball to Titans more than he was to his own receivers. The offense was just a complete mess, completely unable to run the ball, and they clearly came into this game with a plan to be aggressive, taking that deep shot right away to Judy, and Russ was not giving up on that deep ball all game. 
And I wonder, I just like, I, I wish we saw Judy in this game because I feel like that did change this outcome of this game a lot. Um, shout out definitely to the Broncos D though. They continue to hold them in games that they shouldn't be blown out in. As I said, they held Derek freaking Henry to 53 yards. Sertain continues to be completely locked down, looking like maybe the best corner in the league. And their pass rush was able to get to Tannehill a couple times in key spots. It sucks that the season is lost due to offense because this is really a historically great defense right now, especially with how little their offense is complimenting them. Like they're freaking carrying this team. I mean, not carrying because they still suck, but if the Broncos scored 18 points in regulation in each of their games, so like before overtime, they would literally be eight and one right now. Instead, they're three and six and they don't even have their own first round pick. So it's not like losing games is helping them in any freaking way. Right, then we have the Vikings at the Bills. Um, Vikings winning 33 to 30 in probably the game of the year. Um, I picked the Bills to cover and win, but like, I don't care if I get to watch it like this. Justin Jefferson, holy, f it, he just took over this game. He finished with 193 yards, a touchdown, and the catch, like the best catch ever, greatest catch ever. Um, a lot of people are comparing it to Odell's. I, I think it's better. Fourth and 18. You're going up full extension, ripping it out a guy like Belton, who's played really good. Like, I know he's a rookie six-rounder, knock him for his draft position, whatever you want to do. He's playing really good corner for the Bills right now. He had two hands on that football. And Jefferson, almost horizontal, falling backwards, rips it out one hand, manages to hold on to it, get two hands before, like, he hits the ground, cover it up, make sure he holds on, like... I mean, the situation where it's like, if he doesn't make that catch, the game's over. <sighs> Damn. Um, this Vikings offense, they they were very slow starting. Um, Cousins did not look good early on. He threw a couple picks, had a fumble, um, and they didn't lean on Cook as much as I thought they should have. Definitely, he had 14 rushes for 119 yards, but like, I mean, I guess just turn to freaking Justin Jefferson at the end of the game. They kind of had that, like, typical Vikings game, looking back on it. Um, I didn't write this in my notes, but, like, yeah, they had the game where they, they start off looking good. They were, like, they got 10 points on, like, pretty early, and then just kind of coasted, coasted, coasted. They were down big, heading into the fourth, and then Justin freaking Jefferson just took over. On the other side of the ball, though, this is becoming kind of concerning for Josh Allen. A couple more ugly interceptions to Peterson. Um, one of them was on fourth down. And I was like, okay, like, pick doesn't change the outcome. It's a turnover either way. And then the mishandled snap on their own one-yard line. Um, like, he still makes these amazing plays, especially with his legs. The Vikings could not tackle him. But these turnovers are starting to cost him games. And, like, in the playoffs, come crunch time, how do we know this is going to appear and the Bills are just going to do something, or Josh Allen is just going to do something stupid and this magical season is just going to come to an end. Both of these teams, though, I feel like are going to be special in the playoffs. I, before this game, I wouldn't have thought this, but now this could very much be a rematch in February. These offenses were incredible despite less than ideal plays from their quarterbacks who both of them can definitely play better than this. And these defenses both made some amazing plays. For the Bills, their pass rush was getting the Cousins all day. Um, the secondary played reasonably well for like the entire unit being out. 
and the Vikings, their pass rush really stepped it up in the second half after starting kind of slow. Um, their secondary veteran players were stepping up. Guys who you thought like, oh, maybe they're at the end of the career. Maybe they aren't doing, um, they're going to be able to perform with all these young guys coming in. Peterson had two picks. Smith had a couple key pass breakups. And then they started getting rookie Andrew Booth out there too, out of Clemson's second round pick. Someone who I really liked coming out. Um, he didn't play badly. He did, definitely did got beat a couple times. He had a PI at the end of the game that didn't make the field goal shorter, but honestly, that PI was actually a really smart move there. There wasn't enough time for another play, so that PI ensured, hey, at least there's no chance for a touchdown. He's, for like a young player coming in, he definitely showed some things where it's like, okay, you can build upon that, and I hope to see him out there a bit more and something to grow on. Then we have the Lions at the Bears, a nail-biter here, 31-30. Lions pick the Bears to cover and win, but once again, like not upset by the results when it's this fun of a game to watch. Uh, but I cannot believe the Bears lost this one. They really shot themselves in the foot after being up 14th in the fourth. Fields was so good all day outside of that costly pick six, a very costly pick six, but he really does feel like a one-man army at times. This was a good day for the most part by the Bears' offensive line, but just a couple of key pressures and sacks by the Lions at like very costly times. Like, yeah, they'd be good for second down, stuff like that. But third down, pressure gets in. Just it was just enough for them to win the game. Um, although I definitely like the move that they did to get Claypool, as I said earlier, the Bears clearly still have a need for more weapons, and hopefully they find a way to bring in at least one this offseason. But I don't want to take anything away from the Lions. This was a great win for them. And Honestly, a win that I think should lock in Dan Campbell off the hot seat until at least a couple games in the next season. Um, no, this team is not as good as I hoped for. I thought they would be at least playoff competitive. I didn't think they'd make it, but at least I thought they'd be like, oh, like we could be frisky. Um, but they still have the resilience, the Dan Campbell attitude to pull out some tough wins against divisional uh, opponents. Hopefully they don't win too many more of these games, take them out of conversation for one of these top quarterbacks. And they still do have other holes on their rosters. Luckily, they have another first round pick from the Rams, which is looking pretty sweet right now. Um, and notably, this pass rush is not what I thought it would be coming in. They definitely need some receiver help too. We have Chark and Williams, amongst other Lions wide receivers, have missed significant time this year, including in this game. Um... These past two weeks, though, I thought were great culture wins, you know, especially against divisional opponents, like light a fire under these guys' asses and let's be the freaking Lions. And that's kind of like the attitude they're bringing now. Then we have the Saints at the Steelers. Steelers coming out on top 20 to 10. The Pittsburgh offense finally showed some life on Sunday. Oddly, they did score 20, um, like I jokingly predicted. So now in picket starts that he's finished, he's or the Steelers have scored three points, then 10, then 13, then 23. So put all your money, or then 20. So put all your money on the being 23 next year or next week. Wow. Pickett played well. He didn't really do anything special, but he's taking care of the ball, which is definitely an improvement from what he's been recently. I don't like how antsy he's getting in the pocket. He's kind of like, he looks very, like, a little bit of pressure. Ah, take off. Look for my check down. Do something to get out. But at least he's not making any back-breaking mistakes while doing so, you know? Like, he's not turning the ball over. He's either check down, run, or throw away, you know? 
and their rushing attack really came alive this week, which was great to see after being pretty dormant all year so far. 217 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. This was definitely the best game that the Steelers' offensive line has played all year. Um, if you look at the sack total, it was high, but most of those were covered sacks or unlocked blitzes, like where just too many guys to be picked up. And then defensively, this was definitely the best that they've looked all year. Um especially back in the secondary. The return of TJ Watt definitely helped this whole Steelers pass rush get after Dalton, get the ball out faster, and make these guys in the back end not have to cover as much. And then because of that, they came away with a couple picks and really shut down the Saints passing game. And then speaking of the Saints, they're just so weird. It looks like that they were coming alive after that 24 to nothing win over the Steelers or the Raiders, but now their offense just disappeared again. And I feel like it's kind of time to get Jameis back in there. They feel like they should be a good offense. Dalton isn't playing terrible. Like, he's not playing good, but not terrible. And they've shown some signs of hope, like, especially early on when Dalton was playing. But this passing, like, this pairing of Dalton and the Saints offense just clearly isn't working anymore. It looks like that they might have found a star, though, defensively in Caden Ellis. He came out of nowhere this game, a 2019 seventh-round pick. He was phenomenal um, at linebacker like in all aspects of what you need to do as a linebacker run defense pass rush coverage he was all over the place um i'm definitely excited to watch him again next week see if he's actually good or if this was just kind of like a crazy one game then we have the colts at the raiders 25 to 20 colts uh picked that one wrong every week that passes i'm sitting here wondering how josh mcdaniels has a job he got out coached by someone who has never coached before outside of some high school like how do you let that happen? This offense can't really do anything passing outside of Devontae Adams. And because of that, the defenses just sell out to stop Jacobs. And like he can't do anything on the ground, especially with how poorly this offensive line is blocking right now. Carr was bad once again. His stats finished respectfully because that's what he does. Like he's he's not bad in the way where it's like, oh, that's like three picks, less than a hundred or two hundred yards, like Sometimes he does that, yeah, but like most of the time it's like, okay, like, oh, look, at he came out with two touchdowns, 200 yards, yada, yada. But he would have all day in the pockets at times, just stand there and take a sack, like showing no mobility, no pocket awareness. Like, it's like, dude, defensive linemen are coming crashing down on you, and your receivers, if they aren't getting open, then roll out, point, direct to them, or use your legs. You're decent athlete. He ran a faster job. <laughs> Derek Carr ran a faster 40 time than Josh Allen. Let me get the numbers up. Derek Carr ran a 4.6540. Josh Allen ran a 4.76. Carr is athletic, but he just doesn't use it. And it's like, dude, I, I I don't know if it's the Raiders, I don't know if it's him, but he just he he just feels like he's wasting away here. Um he has the ability to create. Like, he has the physical ability, and he shows it off sometimes. And sometimes he will do it. Like, that touchdown to Adams was awesome. But he's just so inconsistent on when he's going to be good and unreliable. And you can't... Like, I, I think this game marks the end of the car run in uh, Las Vegas, Oakland, for the Raiders. Uh, definitely credit to the Colts, though. Like, they look better all around than they did under right now under Saturday. Uh, at least like this season, they've had some good seasons in the past. Under Reich. I don't want to take that away from him. 
Ryan was great. He didn't really do anything crazy, but he made all the safe throws, gets it to the open receivers without putting the ball in harm's way. Taylor, he was great too again. Like he finally looks back, cracking the 100-yard mark again. We'll have to see this if this continues against better defenses, but maybe the Colts just needed someone to come in, simplify things, bring in that offensive alignment mentality and be like, let's get to F and work. Defensively, they played well too. Adams was the only one able to get like consistent separation. But even then, Gilmore and Rodgers had a couple nice plays in coverage against him. They were inconsistent rushing the passer, but Buckner definitely stepped up and had a couple big plays. And they were great against the run, constantly getting to Jacobs in the backfield. All right, then we have the Cowboys at the Packers. Packers coming out on top in overtime, 31 to 28. Uh, Pick the Cowboys to cover and win. So wrong on that one too. Once Rodgers and Watson connected on that first deep bomb, this is what I thought the Packers were going to look like this season. And I wonder if Watson hold in that catch against Minnesota week one, would this season look a lot different? Like they got some swag to them now. They got their running back game back into shape, continuing that today with 200 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Rodgers looks amazing again, um, but they only passed it 20 times because they don't, like they have a strong running game. They don't want to also rely on these wide receivers. But they finally freaking stepped up when they did turn them on, specifically Watson. He was bad early, but I like how instead of getting mad now, I mean, I'm sure Rogers still got mad, but now they're like, hey, we'll just freaking get through it. Enough times you're open, you'll catch one eventually. And he finishes with four t- catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns, finally giving the Packers that big play threat. Um, the Packers, though, they still need to definitely improve on defense if they want a serious shot at making the playoffs. They did have a couple nice things going. I was pleasantly surprised by their pass rush after Rashawn Gary going out. Uh, they were getting some decent pressure on Dak. Rookie fifth rounder, Kingsley and Nagbury. He looks like a real player for these guys right now. Uh, Quay Walker, he might have had his best game in coverage. His run defense definitely leaves something to be desired still, but, you know, at least you're seeing improvements from him throughout his rookie season. And I thought Ford, Rudy Ford, the safety, played really well, getting a lot on the field in, like, three safety sets, and he came away with two picks. But CeeDee Lamb was just absolutely cooking. He got Jair a couple times really badly for for being, like, one of the best corners in the league. Like, come on, you can't, you can't let that happen. And Tony Pollard and Malik David just had their way on the ground. Like, as I said, Quay still not up there in run defense, and neither is the rest of this Packers defense. And for the Cowboys, this one was just right there, man. Um, and... I kind of feel like I have to put this one on Dak. Like, you can definitely make arguments that those picks weren't his fault, as Lamb and Schultz were running like routes right next to each other on the first one, and Dak clearly thought Lamb was going to run shallower on the second one. Um, but still, he was inaccurate outside of those. Those Plus, it's like, those were missing communications. Don't know who it's entirely on. I'm assuming it's on the receivers, but part like maybe Dak's to blame in part of it. Um... But yeah, Dak was even missing like check downs, easy throws to the flat, stuff like that. But that being said, Dak isn't normally like this. I do feel like this was just kind of an off date. That's why I kind of am putting it on Dak because I'm like, I couldn't really place my finger on anything else that like the Cowboys did necessarily terribly on offense. You know, like they still have like a decent down offense. Um, And I feel like this was just like they just ran into Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, you know. Um, I'm not really too worried about the Cowboys going forward. As I said, Dak isn't only like this. He'll bounce back. He'll play like a top 
12 quarterback like he normally does, and the Cowboys will be good, you know? Uh, then we have the barn burner, uh, Cardinals at Rams, 27-17. Correctly picked the Cardinals to cover and win, and hey, at least like this game was a bit more exciting than what it could have been. Like They outscored a lot of other games this week despite having two backup quarterbacks. Um, this was really, though, like a nice day for Colt McCoy in this offense. I was ready for them to run out with like the normal backup quarterback playing, you know, but this is the benefit of having the same backup for a few years. They came out really sneaky in it. I want to say like 11 straight passes to start the game, being super aggressive, getting it to Moore and Hopkins early on, and it really worked. And defensively, they're looking better and better each week. Uh, Sanders, the rookie Marjay Sanders out of Cincinnati, a third-round pick, he had his breakout game this week. Dominant when rushing the passer, had a couple nice plays versus a screen and against the run too. Like he wasn't, he's not a full-time player for them yet, but he's definitely looking like someone who can be in the future. And Simmons and Collins are really coming along at linebacker, especially Collins. Like Zayvon Collins is looking like one of the best linebackers in the league right now. And I don't know, I feel like no one's really talking about how good these two look because the rest of the Cardinals are so dysfunctional right now. But like, hey, like you got to shout out when players are playing good. Like Zayvon Collins is looking like a stud right now. But also, at the same time, it's not like the Rams gave them much trouble, you know? Wolford definitely looked like a backup, making inaccurate throws all day and getting punished for trying to squeeze one up the middle, up the seam. Um, and now with Cup out, somehow the Rams, after being Super Bowl champions last year, are the worst offense in the league. Like, is that even an argument right now, especially without Cup? Like, I, I think they're the worst offense. Um and at this point, I'm just out. Like, they, they aren't going to make the playoffs this year. This is one of the most disappointing seasons, like, for any team this year. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to turn things around. And I think there's a serious chance that we see the Rams completely implode this offseason. Like, Sean McVay's already talked about how he's just going to retire when the core leaves. Aaron Donald almost retired last year. Like, there's a lot of drama going on. But, hey, at least they got the ring. Uh, then we have the Chargers at the Niners. Niners winning 22-16. to 16. I picked the Niners to win, but the Chargers were able to cover. Um, then Niners were able to win this, but I can't help but feel a bit disappointed about their offense. Kittle and Debo combined for three catches and 45 yards. McCaffrey only had 38 yards on 14 carries. He contributed a bit in the pass game, but like just really did nothing on the ground. Um, on the same night, Elijah Mitchell, though, went off for 89 yards off 18 carries. So they definitely got some production out of him, which is good. I feel like they're just really struggling, though, to use their stars. Like, the other team's game plan to take them out, and Shanahan just seems unable to readjust and find a way to get the ball to his playmakers. On the other hand, though, the Niners have other players who can step up. Mitchell, as I said, looked great in his first game back from injury, um, so I kind of expect that to get even better from here. Jennings had a couple really key catches, especially on third down, and Ayuk is looking like a real number one wide receiver for this team. And then defensively, the Niners just remain awesome. Um, Bosa, monster game once again. Only one sack, but he really caused pressure all night, freeing up other pass rushers like Willis, who looked really good coming off the IR opposite of him. When all healthy, this Niners edge room is really insane when you look at it. Um, Bosa and Ebukam are the presumed starters, um, although Ebukam definitely rotates a bit more than Bosa. Uh, and they have four solid death pieces, like four. So you're six deep at edge. 
You have Willis Jackson, uh, the rookie second round pick, who I think is going to be a star in this league. Omenahue, who I thought was going to be a star with the Texans, and definitely kind of slowed down here with the Niners, but looks to be getting back up there. And then Hyder, who was a star for the Niners a few years ago, but then kind of fell off when he went to Seattle. Um, but still, that's freaking great depth for them. And then I'll show you, he came back this game too. He looked good, which is which is really good, especially this game with that questionable green law ejection like yeah definitely definitely penalty but that's a whole other story to get into um and their secondary really played well this game too they've been using jimmy ward a lot more since he's come back from his injury as a slot versus the safety role that he played last year and he has not been good but he had his best game in that position this game so I know that definitely the Chargers are really beat up at wide receiver. So we'll see if that was a product of who he's facing, but definitely a positive sign from to see from him, you know? For the Chargers, though, this is just what's going to happen with all the injuries they have. Like, I like that they took a couple deep shots this game, but it's just hard for this team to generate offense with the receiving core of Palmer, Carter, and Michael Bandy. Like, Who? Herbert, he definitely made some great throws on Sunday night, but he can't do it all himself. And I don't think there's anything the Chargers can really do to get him help unless Odell wants to come here. But with the way they're looking, I really doubt it. Like, it sucks. The Chargers are supposed to be a good team. They have all this energy, all this youth, all this talent that just can't stay healthy and play together. Just the Chargers curse, I guess. Uh, then we have the Commanders at the Eagles to wrap up the weekend. Monday night, uh, Commanders ruining the perfect season of the eagles finally dethroning them 32 21 um i picked the eagles to cover <laughs> this was the definition though of slow and steady wins the race for the commanders uh with definitely a bit of heineke randomness thrown in there they ended up with a 152 rushing yards but off of 49 carries like that's ridiculous only 3.1 yards per carry and a long of 11 but because they were just like they had a long of 11, but they only got stuffed a handful of times. Um, Heineke, he was his typical self, throwing some amazing passes to McLaurin, who was just routinely beating Slay. Like, this was a really off day for Slay. But he also threw a couple of risky balls, one of which CJ uh, Gardner-Johnson was able to pick up and almost let the Eagles back into this game. And, like, this ball control style of offense really worked for them something that they can try to lean on going forwards like they have two pretty good running backs and then if they just do a couple effort balls to mclaurin if they work like this could be a formula for them moving forwards they're very much alive in this nfc race right now and while that call at the end is very annoying it was a freaking genius move by heineke like annoying move but like yeah like that's the rule give himself up to waste a timeout and like i don't know if he was thinking what if someone hits me like doesn't think about how the fact that they need to pull up but like it worked uh but this ball control style of offense doesn't win games without a good defense and that's what they got out of the their that unit this game saint juice was definitely up and down this game he gave up a touchdown um, was called for pi early on which i definitely thought was a bit soft and got beat by Quez Watkins deep on a post. But then he also made some huge plays, like forcing the fumble on the post right after getting beat. Um, he was playing tight on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith all night outside of the few big plays. So, like, good for him for having a short memory at corner and going out and producing despite, like, getting beat a couple times. 
then this defensive line was putting in work too. Only one sack, but they were able to get some serious pressure in key situations and didn't really give up any huge plays in the ground game. And this was just bound to happen for the Eagles eventually. Um, did I think it would be against the Commanders? Definitely not, but that's why games are played. Um, I thought Hurts, he looked really antsy in the pocket this game, like just something felt off taking off early at signs of pressure and i think the aj brown injury definitely affected what this team wanted to do like he was still able to play but he was not 100 percent um now though we have to see can this team respond like are they just kind of be like oh like we lost in fold i don't think so but yeah let's see what this team is made up now that they've lost all right so a bit of a rough week for me i went six and eight straight up five and nine against the spread bringing my overall total to 84 65 and one uh 67 80 or 67 78 and five against the spread all right now it's time for my titans at packers thursday night football preview packers are going to be three point favorites in this one and yeah as soon as i'm out on the packers they come back and have one of their best offensive performances against one of the league's best defenses now the titans don't have the best pasty but their run D has been amazing, and that's really what's been like the catalyst for this Packers offense so far. We'll see how the Packers try to attack this Titans defense. Uh, they had 15 more rushes than they did dropbacks last week. So, like, they're a team that's built to win through running the ball, and that's not really the formula to beat the Titans. If the Titans just stay in these one-point games, whether it's the Chiefs, the Broncos, or the Texans, um, and they're definitely well set up to do this again against the Packers. Derrick Henry was quiet last week, but the Packers' run D is not great. And that physicality that normally comes with Thursday night football, I could definitely see a bounce back game from him. But honestly, I still have no faith in this passing attack to put a point. But that's also putting faith in the Packers' secondary to take advantage of the fact that they will have a cornerback wide receiver mismatch, which they haven't been taking advantage of in every game that they do this season. So we'll see how that comes out. Um, and although the Packers were able to find some offensive identity last week, it definitely didn't feel sustainable, especially now that they're facing a good run defense. Watson still had two drops and couldn't track the deep ball or one of the deep balls thrown to him. Sammy Watkins and Allen Lazard aren't scaring anyone either, and we'll have to see. Like I, I, This Packers rushing attack has been inconsistent, even though they've been better recently. Um, this just feels like the type of games that the Titans come out on top despite looking ugly and you're just like the titans won this what um but yeah so that's why i'm gonna pick the titans to cover and win so that's gonna do it for today's episode if you are on youtube go leave a comment below let me know how your picks went this week and let me know your final score prediction for the packers versus titans uh, also if you're on youtube leave a like and subscribe and if you're on apple spotify wherever else you might be listening to this go leave a five-star review and tell your friends all right see you all next time